I'm Craig Campbell from Nerdburger Games, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial Table Talk RPG Talk. This week, Morris and PJ talk about everything to do with dragons and RPGs. In the news, shakeups at Evil Genius Games, the Dragonlance TV series is no longer in development, Star Trek Adventures, Federation Klingon War, tactical campaign announced, and more. Plus, a brand new sketch about the rather literally named members of the Imperial Court. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. This podcast is sponsored by the Guild of Accountants. As a matter of full disclosure, I should make it clear that the Guild of Accountants is currently helping me cover up some uh, financial irregularities. Something about a, a little undeclared dragon's hoard or something. I don't know. The taxman was quite unfriendly about it, but I think we've got his number. Anyway, the Guild of Accountants, they account for you. Wait, is that really their slogan? It's awful. <laughs> the tabletop role-playing news we aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse and Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ aka Morris or Morris aka Russ and with me this week is PJ Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Arrest as ever, it is a delight to be here. Sadly, we are bereft of the Rose Between Two Forms, the absolutely amazing one and only Jessica Hancock, because she's had some bad stuff that she's having to deal with at the moment. Yes. An ill pet, which is very... So, you know, our thoughts are with her. Yeah. Sue, shall we dive into what is commonly known as the tabletop RPG news. I thought we could like do some like back and forth about unrelated matters for about three or four minutes first. But you know what? Let, let's, let's just shake things up a bit and go for it. Yeah. yeah. Action happening? news. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. I'm going to start off with um, Evil Genius Games, but only briefly. Yes. So yes. Um, over the last week or so, mm-hmm. a number of people mm-hmm. have quit, resigned from, Oh. Evil Genius Games. Evil Genius Games being the company that produces the Everyday Heroes tabletop RPG, which is based on yes, D20 Modern right. and which was going to be making the official Rebel Moon RPG until that lawsuit yeah. with Netflix happened. Yeah, yeah, that um, Zack Snyder vehicle. Mm. And they did like yeah. a whole world Bible and then they were like p- being told, nah, we're not going to pay you, which yeah, which, which seemed, like a, seemed like a move. But I thought that was all settled and over us. Um, there is there is more to the story, oh. and I'm not going to tell it right now because yes. to, there's been like five or six public resignations posted on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, um, yes. where people have said, "Hey, I've just left Evil Genius Games." Over the last two weeks, mm-hmm. they're not the only people who have left the company, but they're the ones that have posted publicly. And I am in the process of speaking to a number of people. Does. And doing a lot of other research, I'm preparing an article about the topic. So um, the news basically is a number of people have left Evil Genius Games, and okay. in an article next week, once it's ready, I'm going to be talking about what's actually going on. Mm. I just want to explain why we're not going into it in depth now, yep. um, and we can probably talk about it in depth in next week. 
we are aware of it, but there are limits to what we can say due to legal ramifications. It's just a yeah. It's just I want to make sure I've got I've spoken to everyone and I've got you know everything is yeah. you know I'm definitely correct. I want to make sure of that first okay. before I so. Yeah. But it's important to be correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just saying, yeah, that has that, that has happened. People have left that company, and we'll oh. talk about it next week. And no. I will have an article up in the next week, hopefully. So anyway, we can move on from that now. So yeah, 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 yeah. All right, oh. newsy, newsy, newsisons. Oh, um, I have a thank you. I'd like to throw in. Okay. Yes. Uh, thanks to you, in fact. Me? Uh, yeah, yeah. On a5e.tools/rules/the-core-rule. You have put an explanation of the um, resolution mechanic for D&D and level up. Well, level up, but also it applies to D&D. And, you know, yeah. that's super handy because I keep on having to explain that to people. Like, I have to write it out every single time. Now I'm just like, oh, I don't have to. Oh, I, I'll just link them to the web page. Been there for well over a year. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like now it's in the uh, useful pages. And, oh, it's uh, been there for over a year. I haven't seen it before. There yeah, it is, the core rule. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. Hmm. Um, that is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically at the front of the Adventurer's Guide as well, that same text. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's just like if I'm talking to people online who are like saying, oh, I don't understand this system, it's too complicated. Mm. I'm like, here, it is actually really easy. Yeah. There is a lot of detail, uh, but like the core concept is is pretty easy to uh, get through. Mm. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okie dokie. Right then. Uh, news, news, news. Uh, Dragonlance television show. Oh, oh, oh. For the lack thereof. Sad times, right, as well, you old. So, Joe Manganiello pouting. Yes. has been mm. rumoured to be involved with this for some years now. Um, he's hinted at it. Joe yes. Manganiello, being um, the actor and um, yes. businessman, has, you know, hinted at it a number of times over the years. At one point, even posted on Twitter a picture of the cover of a script for it. Mm. You know. It's been kind of like this thing that's been buzzing around in the background for quite a long time without any sort of concrete information other than and Joe Manganiello yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. hinting that it's a thing in development. Mm-hmm. So he even mentioned it, in fact, on uh, there was an official D&D video update um, by Wizard of the Coast last year, March last year. Wow. Um, they had some celebrities and things talking and then in his segment he mentioned it yes. in an official D&D thing. So um, anyway... Anyway, 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 he did an interview with comicbook.com. Yes. And apparently uh, this, this TV show is no longer being developed. Well, and worse than that, I think the Wizards of the Coast said they've no interest in developing Dragonlance as a property. Yeah, well, um, according to Manganello, he says Dragonlance is not a property Wizards are interested in developing further currently because of two things. Mm. Um, one was apparently Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen and the Warriors of Kryn games last year. Yes. Didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, of course, Hasbro sold its media studio, E1. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, which means presumably it's sort of, you know, that yeah. very much affected a lot of the sort of like um, TV and movie type plans it had. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, stopped, stopped its uh, scope for uh, mm. development and growth. And mm. to become the... Continue its uh, cultural zeitgeist grabbing ways. So, mm. you know, short sighted, I think. I mean, I, but I like a bit of soft power, me. Um, mm. <laughs> it's do, it does quite well for itself, a bit of soft power, but yeah, mm. they're, they're choosing not to, and that's fair enough. They want the line to go up. Mm. So, best luck to them with that. But yeah. Well, 
Um, Megan and I talked a little bit about his approach to Dragonlance and what, the, what his Ooh. sort of script and his treatment was like. Yes. And um, he said that he had new designs for the world and the dragons and even Ooh. the casting choices. Nice, um, nice. And, and this is a quote. I wanted to make the show because I want to see it and I want to feel that excited and electric about something. The characters, Ooh. like the casting, I have a lookbook with over 1,000 pages, but it's not what you expect. The design concepts I had for the world, for the armor, for the yep. swords. I had a fresh take on what the dragons were going to look like. It was mm. going to be like nothing like anyone has ever seen. Nice. I have no idea what that actually means, but... Mm. But... Um, we will never find yeah. out, I guess. No, no, well, maybe in 20 years or something. Mm. We can say. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit sad, but such is life. Yeah. Oh, our sympathies to Joe. Yeah. I mean, he says no. he even offered to buy Dragon Arts and Wizards. Yeah, why not? I mean, if they're not using it, seems a shame to hold yeah. on to it. Hasbro famously doesn't sell IP, though, does it? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It holds on to it because it never knows if in 30 years you can't dig it up again and give it a fresh cut of paint and, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And throw it out there. Well, I mean, mm. they've, they've done a good job with Transformers, eh? Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, that's, uh, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to that. Um, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. I was kind of thinking, like, Dragonlance could be the next Game of Thrones, but I guess not. Um, indeed, potentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is still apparently a D&D TV show in development by Paramount. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, all the Dark Elves and stuff and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Didn't Paramount lose Star Trek? Or they've, like, it's gone to different places now? Lose? Well, they still own it. Yeah, they still own it. But, like, uh, Star it's no longer the only place you can get Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've let other platforms um, have it. I mean, great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah well anyway in other 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 other, other news yes. um talking to star trek staying on star trek with that wonderful wonderful segue oh yeah is a setting book coming out from modifius oh, for yeah. star trek adventures oh okay and it's called the federation klingon war tactical campaign it's one catchy title <laughs> I I mean it's 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 the sort of thing that you could fit on the side of an A zero rulebook, mm-hmm. which has our long term listeners will know is Russ's eventual day, uh, eventual goal once he achieves world domination, which mm. is to put all full playing game rulebooks A zero, possibly because he didn't want to have to carry them anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, okay. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. So this is set during the Discovery era. Okay, okay. And, and the original Federation Klingon War, so before the mm. events of um, the Star Trek uh, original series. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. It's uh, going to be a 232-page hardcover. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have new character options, guide to game mastering it, the rules for the campaign itself, timeline and missions, new starships, mm. stats for allies and adversaries. There's a whole wow. table of contents on Modifius' blog that you can look yeah, at. yeah, yeah. And that's coming out in April 2024. And you can actually pre-order it yeah, now. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, I saw some various people. Oh, no, you can, no, you can't pre-order it now. I'm telling a lie. Well, when can you? No, you'll be able to pre-order it? it at the end of March. Oh, okay, end of March. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. speaking as we were of Modifia, so I saw people saying unkind things about their system, which I felt were a little harsh. I mean, huh? yeah, I mean, it plays all right, as far as I'm concerned. What did you think? Two, like, the 2D20 system. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's perfectly serviceable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't like the Doom Momentum dice. Mm. Really don't. I mean, we talked about Metacurrency last week. There's a lot yeah, of people that are yeah. very, very strongly opposed to the 
very concept of metacurrencies. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, I'm entitled to your opinion. I disagree, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, for me, I, I, I don't mind the system. I don't, I don't feel yeah. it feels quite crunchy enough for Star Trek mm. for me. But mm. that's my take on Star Trek. I could, I could probably do with a couple more levers to pull. Mm. But having said that, I do have some. Yeah, it feels, um, it feels a bit iPhone for me. As mm. in, like my my options are sharply limited by design, mm. so that I don't get myself into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Which, 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 you know, like I'm a fiddler. I want to get myself into trouble. You know, sometimes yeah. just go and do something very stupid. But I can yeah. see why, as game designers, you might wish to design out that that possibility. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking as we have been of um, discoveries and strange yeah. new worlds. Mm-hmm. There is a jolly little Kickstarter that I've seen that might be of oh, yeah. interest to people. Yes, it's okay. called Cartograph, uh, the Atlas Edition, a map-making mm-hmm. TTRPG. Um, I put I put a link into the notes. It's from, uh, I'm going to say, Raven's Ridge Games. Mm-hmm. Yes, Raven's Ridge Press. I do apologise. They're an Australian mm-hmm. designer and awesome dice maker. Um, yeah. It's doing pretty well. They got what? Eighteen and a half thousand dollars on a two and a half thousand dollar goal. Four hundred thirty-four backers. Bad. I know, nice. going great guns. Yeah, um, and basically it is a game full of prompts which lets you create a world. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, it's got like little. There are various things you can add, like little books and so forth to do. If you could just get the PDF, which I believe clocks in about ten Australian dollars. Have you backed it? I'm sort of on the fence because, mm. like, my budget for Kickstarters is heavily constrained. What with, yeah. you know, doing this show. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, every time I back, if I back to Kickstarter every time I looked at it, I would have no money. Yeah. <laughs> and a house full I mean, yeah, of I, TTRPG I, I, books. I, I, I've becoming a lot more careful in the last few months because I've packed so many Kickstarters. Yeah, yeah. But then again, it's 10 Australian dollars, uh, which is about 7 US dollars. Uh, what's that about? So, six so about five, right? Yeah, six. Yeah. yeah, that's not much, oh, is it? Oh, oh, go on then. Go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, go on. You know you want to. Yeah, back I'll, it live I'll on back, the show. I'll back it live on the show. Um, so, yeah. yeah it, it, it's a really good idea and really cheap. Um, so, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's pretty cool. Um, I think possibly I'm also a bit inspired because a very kind designer, uh, Jesse, who does third party publishing, for A5E showed me how to do how to use Foundry, hmm. so that's been pretty exciting for me. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hey, are you a fan of either of these two things, Jane Austen? Mm. I take that as a no. Okay, I I, I don't <laughs> I don't know Jane. I've never I don't think I've read any Jane Austen. Okay, except maybe in parody, which isn't really quite the same. Uh, Power Rangers. Uh, never seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, there is a tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. This is called Sentai and Sensibility. God. Okay. And it's an RPG mashup of Jane Austen and Power Rangers. <sighs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically you've got to balance your um, Regency era socialite lifestyle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> with your <laughs> duties as a uh, transforming Sentai hero. <sighs> I know. Well, 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 we'll say one thing for Jane Austen. She knew how to write a banging title. <laughs> even a couple of hundred years after the event, people hmm. are still riffing off it, like Pride yeah. and Prejudice and Zombies, Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. 
Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you go. You go. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, like, I haven't read her, so I don't know if I enjoy her books. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just think there should be some oh, kind of random generator where it just takes two concepts and mashes them together, and that's your RPG. Yeah, I mean, we've got that rush. It's called itch.io. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. Uh, um, yeah. There isn't a lot of news this week. It's a really quiet week. Oh, really I, was quiet. Hoping, I was hoping you had more. I've just got the cartographer Kickstarter. No, it's probably quiet. It's really, really quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, let's just look at this. Some interesting stuff on Kickstarter. Um, Tales of the Valiant's coming to an end. The oh, Game yes. Master's Guide from Kerbal Press for their. Uh, it's um. It looks like it's going to come in at around about half a million out of four hundred and fifty, maybe. Yeah. Well, I I mean there are two Kickstarters that come to an end which I have back. Mm. One is the uh, Kerbal Press one that was pretty mm-hmm. good, and the other was of course the A Five E Annual, mm. which I thought I had yeah. to back really. Yeah. yeah. Rude not to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got a week left to go. So it's done about half as well as the original one did. Yeah, yeah. Which is the player's guide. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, the player's yeah. guide is the essential one. This one is more of a... It's more advanced. Book, I guess. Mm. I mean, I've been quite intrigued by the DMG. It's half a million. It, it does. Yeah. That's a lot of money, Russ, still. I mean, it assuming it does. It's 387,000 now with a week to go, so I'm kind of guessing. I, I reckon 450, actually, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well... You know, I don't know whether this is... I think it's just a sign that it's a DMG, it's a, it's a Game Master's Guide. I don't think it's a sign that the system is losing popularity or anything. Um, I think it's just the you know, your core thing always does the most, and then, you know, supplements for that will always be a yeah. subset of that, by definition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see that they wouldn't have put it into, like, the main series. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would yeah. be quite good, I think, for Level Up, if you'd been able to do that in some respects. Hmm. Uh, just concentrate to the core offering and then bring out the third book. But it, they, they, they are really a unified system. Mm. And like, whilst you can use some of them without the others, it, it, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I can see, I can see how it works though. It's like, mm. yeah. 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 But no, no, I mean, um, I, I, I'm intrigued because they cover stuff that isn't available in level up. Mm. And I'm, I'm keen to see what Copen Press has for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're kind of out of news. Oh dear. Yes. Yeah, it's been that quiet a week. Wow, yeah. It really, really has been. Um, I'm just glancing through one last time to see if I've missed anything important, but I don't think I am. Nothing on Daryl's column there? No. Fair enough. Okay. We've done it. We've done the news in record time, I think. That's been the shortest news section ever. Russ, I I, I must disagree. Mm. I'll tell you what, shortest combined news section ever. How about that? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Because I, I, I have done speed. I have speed during the podcast a couple of times. Yes, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. My, oh my, this palace is enormous. Say there, you guard. Yes, sir. Can I help you? Oh, don't sound so happy about it. Sir. Never mind. Uh, I find myself somewhat disoriented, losing my bearings, as it were. I wonder, good fellow, if you might provide me with some directional assistance in order to put me back on the right track. Sorry, sir. I'm lost, good man. Right you are, sir. I wonder if you'd be so kind as to redirect my orientation and incline me towards the locality of my objective. Redirect your what, my lord? I mean to say... uh, Show me the ceremonial garden, stout guardian. 
Right, right, Your Honour. You need to head down this corridor, take a left, down the stairs, across the ballroom, through the doors, up the stairs, a left, a right, a left, then through the garden doors. You can't miss it. Ah, thank you, good warden. If I may ask, what is behind the door you protect with such a skill and courage? You don't want to know, Your Worship. I must admit, brave sentinel, that I inquired merely out of a sense of politeness and, uh, dare I say it, camaraderie, but now my interest has been piqued, and I shall not be able to find tranquillity until the nature of your spirited guardianship be imparted. Come again, your eminence. What, my loyal steward, lies behind yonder doorway? Really, your grace, you do not want to know. But prithee, intrepid champion, I must know! Is it the royal treasure, a filled with gold and gemstones fit for a king? Perhaps you guard a personage of high status, shielding them from those who might do them harm. Or does a prisoner lie yonder, trapped in a gilded cage while they await a dire fate? Nope. Not those, your greyness. Really, you don't want to know. But I do, bold picket. Tell me, do! What hides behind this oaken portal that it be guarded so, uh, 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 enthusiastically? Enthusiastic. That's a good one. Oh, I meant nothing by it, my courageous defender, but, but I must know. Fine. It is the royal privy. The royal privy? Yep. The private restroom of the imperial family. And you have to guard it. Been doing this job all 36 years, your wordiness. Well, that certainly explains your fervent and exuberant zeal. Beg your pardon, your loquaciousness. Uh, nothing, nothing. Never mind, young custodian of the garderobe. I suppose that explains why you have the word latrine emblazoned on your badge of office there. No, no. That's my name. Your name is Latrine? Yep. Bob. Latrine. Your name is Latrine, and you guard the royal commode. I am aware of the irony, your glibness. The serendipity does appear auspicious, I must confess. What a fortunate coincidence. You and your family, the, uh, the, uh... uh Latrines. Uh, the, the Latrines must laugh about this endlessly. It is a curse, your verbosity. This name has directed my whole life. Do you think I wanted to be a privy guard? I honestly had not considered it, Vigilant Shepherd of the Outroom. When I was younger, I imagined my future. Would I be a royal treasurer, a brave knight, perhaps even a baker of syrupy treats? Oh, all honourable careers, to be sure. I, I could have been a lion tamer. Uh, do you want to be a lion tamer? That's not the point, is it? I don't even have the option of being a lion tamer. Because you are anointed with this unfortunate eponym. An eponym, your gabbiness, is a person after which something is named. Or a thing after which a person is named. I am neither. I just have a name which has limited my life choices since I first applied for a job as the Duke's stable boy. So I see, uh, gallant minder of the royal uh, <laughs> throne. That's not funny. 
Oh, sorry, sometimes a, a pun just presents itself, you know. You think I haven't heard it a thousand times before? Of course, of course, my apologies. But why, why did you choose this path? Surely you are not compelled to embrace a career synonymous with your name. Well, I mean, it's not like it's a law or anything. But these things just follow you around, you know. I applied for every job in the royal household. But as soon as somebody hears your name, that's it. Surely not. Just ask around. There's Cobbler, the royal shoemaker. Clark, the palace secretary. Parker is in charge of the Duke's hunting grounds. Medley, the court musician. That Wordsworth chap. Stuck as a poet. There's even the palace beekeeper. You might guess what his name is. Uh, what? Buzzy. Buzzy the beekeeper. Yep. Buzzy. I had no idea. Is this curse so prevalent? Does it blight the lives of so many? Oh, yeah, yeah. It even has a name. Nominative determinism, it's called. Well, I'm glad that I managed to avoid such a constrained fate. My name, fortunately, has had no influence on my course through this thing we call life. Mm. Are you sure? Absolutely fearless paladin of the chamber pot. My nomenclature wields no power over my station, I assure you. I'll be the judge of that. So, what is your name? My name? Yeah, what's your name? Well, very well, my uh, staunch lavatorial curator. My name is Garrulus. Garrulus? Yep, Garrulus Ramble. These jokes almost write themselves. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? Dragons, dragons, dragons is our topic of the day. Well, yes, I mean, um, dragons are very much on my mind because at time of recording, it is Chinese New Year's Eve. And mm. you'll never guess what year, <laughs> what zodiac animal this coming year is named after. It's the year of the cockapoo. Close, close. Uh, I think a <laughs> uh, similar sort of thing, but larger, scalier, and more inclined to like flow around. Mm. Yeah, it's in fact the year of the dragon coming up. It is up. the year of the dragon, yeah. It is the year of the dragon. So, yeah, yeah. see, i got dragons on my mind, Russ. got dragons on my mind. Big fan of dragons. Yeah, yeah. Who isn't a big fan of dragons? Mm, boring people. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you're you're currently running a campaign about a dragon, are you not? I am. I am. Um, it's uh, I'm running to save the kingdom. Hmm. I, I'm like I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, the players appear to be enjoying it. Apparently, they have read the rules a lot more uh, closely than I have. I'm like, hmm. oh, we could take over a fortress and turn it into a stronghold. I'm like, yes, yes, of course you can do that. Quickly looks on A5E tools. It's like, oh, okay. They want plus one strength bonus. And 
like a little banner. I'm like, yeah, all right. I guess we'll we'll. Fi- I mean, I just wanted to give them a little. Don't, base. don't give it to them for free. Make them pay for it still. Say, <laughs> so in order for it to become a stronghold useful to you, you've still got to spend that money. Otherwise, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think that's a. Yeah, I, I could go that way. Um, I, I've been very clear to emphasise it. It's basically it's part of the old Elven Empire. I'm arguing because it's basically like it's got stone walls, but it's just been thoroughly gutted. Which fortress is it? The Orc one. Uh, no, this is the one near Black Blackford. I want to say Camp... Oh, that's a... Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Camp Palatel or something? Rotel, that's it, yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember. Mm. Well, it's listed as a 100 foot by 100 foot long building. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, well, made it up. Uh, and they, they've currently been working their way through over 50 enemies. Mm. And what I've signposted is a level inappropriate ca- encounter. <laughs> um, so so far they're like oh fireballs they're, they're they're not very nice to be on the receiving end of mm. they are level four so you know I did say yeah. well yeah you could try talking to these people but no no yeah they're like, well, I'm running that exact same campaign mm, mm, except mm. I'm about a year ahead of you um, and I, then I, I literally mm-hmm. about to encounter the dragon right at the end mm. yes now is it Seroth Serothe or something Seroth Seroth okay mm. well yeah. <laughs> You'll be pleased to hear that the spirit of Morris is an official tabletop RPG talk, and its approach to pronunciation has definitely been in my game. <laughs> <laughs> it's everyone saying it differently. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, I, 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 can, I can say that you said it's Seroth, but I quite <laughs> like Seroth-y. Um that, that amused me. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, not something that not a lot of people know, is I I actually find D&D dragons to be a bit boring. Hmm. And part of that is because I find them a bit limited. Because when I was growing up, uh, I read Anne McCaffrey. Have you read mm-hmm. Anne McCaffrey, Dragon Riders of Pern? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it, no. Well. As in, I know of it, not yeah. as in, I'm yeah, familiar yeah, with yeah. the contents of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so basically, there's this big red star that, it's not a star, it's a rogue planet, and but they call it the red star. And every time it comes near, um, all these, like, uh, ravenous organisms, which are, like, long sort of i always imagine them as giant tapeworm because that's mm-hmm. how it, that's sort of how they describe thread okay. if you will comes boiling out and towards mm-hmm. the planet pern uh about which the planet the series is named and the job of the dragon riders is to fly up into the sky and say no thank you and burn it all down do you know how they Seems do reasonable. that yeah okay. do, you know, do you know how they do that um they they eat a bunch of firestone and breathe fire so far so whatever okay. uh, they also teleport the dragons do. The dragons teleport, yes. Okay. Um, and they can teleport not just in space, but in time. Spoilers. So they're <laughs> Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it's tricky. And like the further you teleport and the further you go back in time, like the more terrifying and scary it is because you essentially cease to exist. Mm. You're passing through between, they call it, which is the uh, absolute blackness of non-existence, which, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't really know how it works. It's never really gone into any of the books I've read. But, yeah, mm. it's kind of cool. Mm. Um, so part of the thing is uh, they pop back in time 300 years and then grab a bunch of uh, dragon riders to go forwards 300 years. Okay. And they, di- and they do this by looking at, working out what the stars would have been and so forth. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you were, are you a fan of the uh, Winged Dragon or the Wingless Dragon? What's your preference? I, I mean... I could see the validity of a wingless dragon, but I would say they're probably more of what I would call a worm. 
Mm-hmm. But I throw a Y in there because, you know, tradition. Mm-hmm. Like other books, like uh, The Dragon and the George uh, mm-hmm. by Gordon R. Dixon. That, uh, have you, I don't, I suppose you've never seen Flight of Dragons because that's an animated film, unless you don't get the soundtrack. Yes. I'm capable <laughs> of watching cartoons, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an absolutely excellent cartoon. But the books it's based on, I found out there were books that it was based on, I went and read them, and I thought they were also amazing. Mm. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of inspiration to be gathered there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they've got like a, a, a wingless worm in there, which goes around causing trouble. They often do cause trouble, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, like, you know, dragons they're, they're, are known for it. Well, it's like, I try to emphasize dragons, but on the other hand, it's like, there's a certain fundamental disagreement, which is like, no, no, we're the apex predator. And mm. people's like, but, but, like, no. dragons. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the dragon's like, no, no, we're the apex predator. And people are like, no, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but when it turns out, it's not, because, like, we always kill the dragons in the stories. So we end up being the oh. apex predator in the end anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, which just goes to show that two things are overpowered, the cardiovascular fitness and mates. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think, like, most well, iconic dragon. Mm, mm. Most iconic dragon. Yeah. I think in the running, mm. it's definitely Smog or Schmaug, depending Schmaug. on how you... Schmaug. There's <laughs> always Smog when I, I read the books as a kid, oh, and it's absolutely. still Smog in my head. But anyone yeah. from the Lord of the Rings um, movies goes, Schmaug. Well, I guess they're also going Sauron, so... Well, they also say the word Mordor in an obscure Scottish accent. Just Mordor. Not the rest of the sentence, just yeah. whenever they say that one, they just switch yes. into a Scottish accent for that Mordor. one word. Yeah. yeah, why not? I mean, it's, it's a word, it's a it's a loan word from a different language, so why mm. not? Yeah. Anyway, Schmaug, I guess, is, uh, yeah. is, is in the running for Iconic Dragon. What else would you say is... Uh, I, I feel he really came alive with Benedict Cumberbatch's interpretation of him mm. in the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Like, because I barely remember him from the book. And mm. I, f- I like to think I would remember, like, a dragon being awesome in the book. Mm. But he's not he's not my go-to for that sort of I thing. I haven't read the Hobbit since I was probably, like, eight or something. Yeah, yeah. So That's, uh, I should reason. do. I should reread it again as an adult. But it is a kid's book, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I should do. I, I mean... Like, uh, I think reading young adult fiction in general is uh, often underrated. I mean, it depends what you're after, but a lot of the time, young adult authors actually produce some really high-quality storytelling because they're competing for children's attention spans and young adults' attention spans with smartphones. And like I say, that's that's a pretty high standard to meet. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure Tolkien was trying to... Yeah, but he's writing for his son, so yeah, it's like not yeah. quite as fast. But I, I think it's um, he manages to avoid, as I recall, the indulgence of Lords of the Rings. Mm. Um, which, yeah, great books, but I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone if I say that I skip over the songs. Mm. Maybe other people don't, and fair play to them. If you enjoy those songs, you enjoy those songs. But I've, I've seen a lot of books with a lot of songs, and mm. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Not read a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, and and Tom, and Tom Bombadil, and oh, that is right. a that, that that is that is a famous thing. So yeah, yeah. There, there's less of that sort of indulgence, and there's yeah. more like playing around with trolls yeah. that turn into stone when they're exposed to daylight. Yeah, yeah. much dragons. like much like modern inter, modern internet trolls, which is, of course why they never leave their basements and go yes. outside. Yeah, <laughs> you never know what might happen. But, yeah. but, but dragons, so other iconic dragons. though, what would you would you what would you 
call out as a, an iconic fictional when I say fictional of course they're fictional but dragons <laughs> as opposed to all the real world dragons yeah, yeah. yeah. oh crikey um, well the uh, ones I, I, I've I've definitely yeah I don't know dragons has main characters probably the dragon knight series mm. is the one I'd go to and he's not really like a dragon for that long it's just like the first book Mm. But I think he uh, hangs out with dragons, which is pretty cool, who are, by and large, simple creatures who enjoy uh, fighting ogres at a distance, uh, mm-hmm. setting fire to things, and eating. I'm like, yes, these are my people. I, I have arrived. <laughs> Unexplained fires, I'm not claiming any responsibility for those. Yeah. You can't prove it was me. I didn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think, think George's dragon. That's a yeah, famous yeah. One. Yeah, I mean, that has less rep in uh, media, I would say. Um, Sean Connery did quite a good dragon. Dragonheart. Yes, that's one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scottish, a Scottish dragon. Why not? Uh-huh. It's like a... <laughs> he always plays a Scottish person, even when he's playing a Russian submarine commander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <a Scottish accent. laughs> he, he's a member of the Soviet Union. <laughs> Commanding a submarine, thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Temeraire series by Naomi Novik. That's got mm-hmm. some. That's got quite a good dragon. Uh, I think uh, it's. I, I think. I think that series was quite powerful in mm-hmm. that you have the you know elemental and fundamentally quite simple animalistic nature of a dragon, mm-hmm. which is like you know uh, like his dogs could talk. Yeah, where it meets the staid, prim and proper nature of the Victorian gentlemen. Right. Who are like, you know, the naval commanders and nobles who are in charge of flying the damn things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, and certainly treating dragons as ships was uh, definitely well, interesting for like, me. The way uh, Game of Thrones does it, mm. I mean, it's sort of, I mean, the way they're portrayed, it's kind of like dragons mm. are the equivalent of nuclear weapons in a way. It's like, if oh. you've got a dragon, you're, if you've got, a dragon or dragons, you're kind of a nuclear powered state. If you haven't, do you know then what I mean? It's, 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 to, it's to press the button and win. If you've got dragons mm-hmm. and the other side hasn't, you've won, is basically how it works. I mean, I think there's maybe some sort of metaphor about overwhelming air power in there somewhere, but yeah. who can say? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Air and firepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Dragon Arts is pretty famous for dragons. Well, a lot yes. of dragons in Dragon Arts. I, I mean, that was like a fairly key part of their strategy for the uh, armies of Tarxis, which is like, ah, yes, yes, you see, yeah, that's a very nice army you have there. Shame if a dragon were to happen to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, fair play, well, fair dra- play. well, dragon ants likes to go dragons on mass, though, doesn't it? Like, no, not just one dragon. Let's have a hundred dragons all at once. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, like, these mass aerial combats. And mm. I must say, that is something which, again, I felt pretty sorely lacking in stuff like D&D. Mm. That was pretty much the concept which I was like excited by for biplanes versus dragons. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that someone who's played it, because I, I really get, I obviously haven't had a chance to play it myself because who's going to an A5E for me? Mm. But apparently a, a berserker leapt out, rammed an immovable rod up a dragon's nose, uh, and then that, that, that's how they got it to stay still so they could fight it. I was thinking they could use the biplanes, but that's how they got up there. So, you know. Ooh. Uh, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I know. I know it's a bit weird fiction. It's not for everyone's taste because people like their fantasy fantasy. Yeah. And I respect that. I honestly do because I, I definitely had my long time of 
really wanting fantasy to be fantasy, like proper Bronze Age stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, as my as my reading has increased, I found out more about the Bronze Age and the empires mm-hmm. that came with it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, bronze is made of copper and tin, yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't come in the same places. So if you you need like a sort of an economy to bring the copper and tin from their wildly disparate geographic locations together to make bronze to equip your armies. Mm. That's not why, like, you can't cut bronze very easily with uh, iron. That's that's not what happened. But iron is much easier to come across. You can even get it out of swamps in, like, big nodules. Mm. Anyway, sorry, that's getting off the topic of dragons Slightly. and more to <laughs> history and so forth. I was forth. thinking why we're talking about that. Oh. Um, I was talking about how I respect people who don't want to involve, like... Um, flying vehicles and so forth in their games. And that's, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I think you're right in the D&D dragons. Mm. And it might just be because I'm so familiar with them, yeah. but are a little boring. They um, don't teleport. Like the whole, well, even just the organization of the, like the different right. sort of like symmetrical color system of the different <laughs> ones. And, you know, all, all of that, you know, all of that, <laughs> you know, and they're all very similar to each other, just with a different color and breath weapon kind of, I mean, different editions I, of D&D varied them a bit more. Like, second edition, they had lots yeah. of wacky abilities and stuff they could do. Yeah. Um, fifth edition, not so much. Yeah. They're, um, spo- they're supposed to, like, all have different personalities and so forth. Yeah. And, of course, in third edition, they would have character classes, so they, they would all like, be able to do all sorts of different things, you know, especially wow. the magic-using ones. Wow. So they could, yeah. be, they could also be a 20th-level caster as well, or something, which definitely changes your dragon up. I, I did not know this. That is... I, yeah, okay, wow, 20th level wizard and Oh, that's one of the core things of the 3E mm. system, or the 3.X system, is right. um, monsters have character classes. As well as they start the start your base monster, and you can buy character classes. So most monsters, mm. like you might have a, a, a goblin archer, but that goblin yeah. archer might also be a rogue for yeah. you know, a level rogue yeah. or something, or or, a, or an owlbear might also be a barbarian. I think I did something with... Minotaur fighters at some point, sort of mm. Krinish Minotaurs, and yeah. they were like sneaking on board the ship to do a commando raid. Mm. And then uh, one of the players was very mean about them and said it was a bit rubbish. Yeah. And at that point, I was like not feeling very confident in my GMing. Mm. And if if you do, if you've got a commando raid by Minotaurs in the middle of the night that you're having to fight off, mm-hmm. and someone turns around and says, "Well, that was a bit rubbish," mm-hmm. just puts you off GMing, really. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting way, like dragons. Oh. It's one of those things that they say appear in pretty much every culture, every Ooh. culture's stories. Yeah. I don't know whether it's true of all of them, but certainly it's mm-hmm. something that is very, very common. And you can think of, you know, you can obviously think of Chinese dragons and Egyptian dragons, and you can think of, um, you know, uh, Mesopotamian dragons, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's just like loads. The, the Greek, you know, Greek mythology, they're everywhere. Mm. And okay. Yeah. I kind of wonder why that is. So it's got to be a reason why that image and that idea oh. sort of like spread so widely. I, I imagine dinosaur fossils and may have been part of it. Yeah. People finding them and taking them around probably had a fair mm. bit to do with it. I think. I think. Yeah. I think fossils might be part of it. Definitely. Mm. And you certainly see things like. I mean, bones can be very weird and scary. Mm. Like if some, if so, if I didn't know better, and someone showed me an elephant skull, I'd be mm. like. Bloody hell, it's a cyclops. Mm. Because the place where the trunk goes, there's a, there's big a big thing. Yeah. yeah, it looks just like an eye socket. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what was your first encounter with a dragon? Do you remember? Mm. Probably, I mean, going back... Like, I'd have been a kid. I'd have been a kid. I don't know. Yeah. I don't what, know. What was, well, I remember mine, because I didn't come across them as a kid. Mm. 
Um, I came across mine uh, in a game of Exalted Second Edition. At what age? Oh, crikey. Uh, this would have been round about 28, 29. And up until that point, you'd never seen like a dragon? It, like in fiction sort of thing? Obviously not in real life. I'd not seen a dragon in a tabletop role-playing game. Oh, in a game, specifically? Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, in, I, thought in, you, I thought you were saying like you, you weren't I, even aware of the media. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, the Anne McCaffrey books, the, mm. like, you know, the Georgian dragon, the flight of dragons. I've seen yeah. lots of dragons in a game. Mm. Never come up. Oh, right, okay. Um, I couldn't tell you the first time I did. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can tell you it was quite the shock to me mm. because, like, we're we're there, and then, like, you know, we're, we we we've got this dragon coming, mm. but this is exalted, and they used the Chinese dragons, and this right. one was the uh, steward of the West. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he did was he invited us to have a cup of tea okay. to say that I was on the back foot. Is uh, to put it mildly because I will get up going, oh god, we have fired dragon, ah, ah, ah. but we didn't fight. We just had a nice chat, hmm. and that that was uh, again pretty pretty cool. I did enjoy that. Hmm. Um, and then in D and D, I think I played D and D before then, but I never fought a dragon. Never seen a beholder. The games just didn't get high enough level. You get different ages of dragons though. Mm-hmm. Dragon wormlings. I mean, or does that just not count? Like I, I didn't come across them, and also. Like, since since I moved to Southampton and did things like Run Adventures League and Tabletop Role-Playing Game Club, I have definitely come across more. Mm-hmm. But, like, a, a Wormling, yeah, basically we just bullied them. It's like, tried to put one in a headlock. <laughs> like, I can grapple stuff. Yeah, grab grab hold of it. Stop it. My- I mean, it was supposed to be trying to get away. So yeah. I did have a reason for trying to throw over so, a horse-sized so creature. Fighting two Wormlings last night. Mm. And they are, I think, about 11th level, 12th level now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe about 10th. Right. No, maybe 11th. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And um, the two, they're going down the inside of a volcano around the edge, down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the edge. And the two Spoilers dragons... for Save a Kingdom, by the way. Yep. <laughs> uh, flying around, two wormlings yep. are flying around in the middle. And normally those two wormlings would not be a threat to those two those characters yeah, yeah. at all. Not even slightly. Like CR4, um, if that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the situation made mm. it so... And it worked out really, really well because Ooh. they were flying, the dra- dragons were flying around the middle and the, the players were kind of like having to sort of hug around the edge and couldn't really, mm. you know, Can't close on them or, or anything like that. Yeah. So they were sort of readying actions and waiting for the dragons to swoop in and trying to taunt them to come closer and stuff like that, whereas the dragons mm. were circling around and recharging their breath weapons before coming back again. Oh, and oh. It was it was brutal. And these, these <laughs> I mean, these dragons were not a match for them, but the, yeah. the, the, the tactical situation made them so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is like not not fighting things in a mm. ten foot by ten foot square room does make things more interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. How did you get twenty five orcs into a ten foot by ten foot square room? <laughs> They're all really good friends. It's a big yes. elevator. All right. Very good friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, like D and D dragons going back to them. Yes. I mean. Yeah, I do. I do find them a little dull. I mean, not not because I necessarily want them to have wacky abilities, but just because just like the whole design of them, I think is just kind of a bit sort of a little cookie cutter these days. W- wacky abilities would definitely help. Mm. Um, I feel, but yeah, I mean, because you've got, I think there's a Order of the Stick cartoon, which I think was probably capturing that three point X ethos, mm. where Varsuvius is fighting a um, giant black dragon. And it's like, well, you know, um, you're a powerful mage, I'm a powerful mage, we're at the standoff. Let's turn magic off, anti-magic shell, 
you are now a pointy-eared monkey, and I am still a dragon. Mm. And that, that that obviously did not go well for the wizard. <laughs> no, I imagine not. <laughs> yeah. But, I feel like, you know, D&D sort of structure of the red, blue, green, and the mm. gold, silver stuff, and all that sort of symmetrical... You know, chromatic and um, and yeah. um, metallic dragons. And- I mean, that does make a certain amount of sense in Dragonlance. Yeah, I think, I, I, I could I think go, my I preference that's part, part of the story yeah, yeah. would be mm-hmm. just to have each each dragon just be a unique thing these days, rather mm. than dividing them up like that. I just think each dragon mm. is just this unique creature that is a dragon, mm. but apart from that, could vary quite a bit. Mm. I think that I guess, would be more fun. I guess I would wonder where do you get little dragons from. No, do you get two, two dragons could have a little dragon, but that little dragon would be a unique creature too. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, no, not defined by the not, not defined, of their scales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're each their own individual... That also makes them so predictable as well with, with that yeah, whole yeah. system, doesn't it? Everyone knows what a green dragon does. Everyone knows what a blue dragon does, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you go to, like, fight a white dragon mm. um, of unusual size and turns out it's a red dragon with access to large amounts of paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all our fire weaponry is less effective than we told you. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, like, you got stuff like, uh, in 13th Age, one of the icons of the setting is a is a great gold dragon, great gold worm. Mm. And that's basically parked itself in the um, gap into hell. Mm. It's, it's it's a game. It's like, it's got its own thing hanging on. But yeah, it's like the great gold dragon's pop, parked itself in the to stop all the demons from pouring out. Hmm. They're still, they're still pouring out, but yeah. yeah. Like less so, less so. Is that something? Hmm. And I suppose if we stretch the definition a little bit, we've got like the dragons of the mind. Like, uh, Cordway the Smith, I think, did a game of rat and dragon, which is dragons in space, as it were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, uh. A close relative of pigs in space. Well, this was from the book Cats in Space that I read the short story, so you're <laughs> okay. not too far off. And this, I mean, basically there is a certain amount, in science fiction, you have to have, like, a reason why Earth doesn't have alien visitors rocking up and saying, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. If faster than light travel is to exist. Yeah. So various systems handle it in different ways. Like Warhammer 40k says that travelling through a demon-infested darkness of the warp is one of the least dangerous forms of faster than light travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that is really super dangerous. Mm. What what makes this less dangerous than everything mm. else? Okay, okay. Um, so, Game of Rat and Dragon, it's like spaceships are going through, but uh, in the absolute blackness of space, there be dragons. Mm. And the way they deal with this is uh, <laughs> um, they have cats who are psychically, psychically linked or like, I don't know how you say it, psionically probably, linked Maybe. to like, like little robot things that throw out pin bombs of light which destroy dragons because mm. uh, human reflexes not getting the job done whereas mm. cats who have faster reflexes than snakes scorpions crabs etc uh, can mm. do something about it and so uh, you know <laughs> no spaceship is complete without its resident monkey <laughs> no, no, just... <laughs> to, to chuck a light bomb <laughs> yeah. by psychically jumping onto these uh, dragons in space mm. Which means that blinding speed, but uh, <laughs> not quite blinding enough, I'm afraid. <laughs> mm. You remember so. um, Dragons back in uh, first edition? I do not. No. So this is quite interesting because, like, they their breath weapon would do yeah. the same amount of damage as how many hit points they had left. So how many hit points oh. they've got? That's what their breath weapon does. But of course, in a, a first edition game, like a, a dragon with sixty hit points is a lot of hit points. 
That is but, a lot of hit points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Not like when you get to, I think it was probably around second edition where you had dragons mm. with 400 hit points and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 400 hit points of damage. That's mm. kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, doing 60 hit points of damage is, mm. uh, yeah, that's a, that's a convincing reason to leave them alone. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it wasn't all the colors that they had gem dragons, didn't they? Mm-hmm. The gemstone dragons, and they have shadow dragons, and they have mm. um, they have various other ones, and there were Chinese dragons, I think, in Finfolio. I think they introduced oh, them in okay. that. I Man, believe, no. yeah. uh, like the earth dragon, the sea dragon, the spirit celestial, those ones. Mm. Nice, I believe. Um, yeah. I've actually I've actually got a copy of Finfolio. I should grab it. Yeah. But um, but the, when when you get to second edition, they just got amped up massively. Mm. Like dragons just became ridiculous, like insane. I mean, I sort of feel it's like a bit of a magic missile fireball effect, as in, mm. you know, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So you want the iconic beast. You want the dragons to, in there, yeah. You you want them in there, and you don't want it to be like some free rounds chump that goes down if you look at it funny. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I don't yeah. Think I, yeah, I don't think I ever used dragons in first edition. But I definitely did in second edition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, um, yeah, like the great worms in second edition were just, it's just like, pick a really large number. That's how many hit points it's got. And how, much, <laughs> it's, how much damage does its breath weapon do? Um, 40d10 plus 90, you know? Yeah, yeah. Things like that. I mean, one of the things that I'm enjoying about to save a kingdom is mm-hmm. finding the, um, the bits and bobs, as it mm. were, which are the weaknesses of Siroth the Dragon. Mm. Um, one of them, of course, being Siroth's true name. Mm. Now, obviously, you're not to know this, but anytime you've got a true name me- mechanic in a game, I'm like, ah, Wizards of Earthsea, you say? Ursula Le Guin, yes, sign me up. Because mm. I very much enjoy that concept of if you're, I think maybe it's like chemistry training or something, if you can properly name a thing, you can identify it uniquely out of all the possible things Is in the Belgariad? Was that the one that used true name? Ma- the magic was based around knowing the names of things. Or am I thinking of the wrong thing? You're, you're, I, I know definitely in Wizards of Earthsea. Belgaria, as I recall, was the will and the word. Maybe the word... Uh, it wasn't like the word I, the name of the th- of a thing. I thought the I word know, was what you remember. did. I, de- cause I, don't think, I think there's le- there was less emphasis on the naming of things, mm. which we've seen more recently and stuff like that. I do that. like that concept of like knowing a, the true name of something gives you power over it, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel it's just like stuff like In the Name of the Wind by Patrick Grofus, it's been mm. diluted down a bit. Mm. Like, I think the concept of, like, again, going back to the original source, Ursula Le Guin, and like, you know, the listing of all the possible names of something, mm. I feel that would also be sort of like a, a regional thing. You could, like, go get it down to um, the name of a wind that comes over that hill, maybe. Yeah. Might be a wind that has its own particular name. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to know exactly like, how far to go. I like, I like the idea though that like magic is kind of like you're you're re- you're trying to research the true name of this thing or this phenomenon or this creature mm. or this mm. whatever it is, and mm. once you've done that, then you've got power over it. Yeah, but that's the hard work is finding the true name of that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is, of course why you should guard your true name and so mm. forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't know, way, Unfortunately, way my true name is Bob, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, well, now all your listeners are. Well, it's not really, because I wouldn't tell you my true name, Peter. Oh, curses. I would not give you that power. Foiled, foiled. Foiled again. Yeah, yes. Foiled again. Um, Yeah. yeah. Dragons, we were saying. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, so getting the true name of a dragon would be quite a big deal. Yeah. I mean, like, 
Um, to Slayer Dragon, which obviously you're playing at the moment and I'm yes, just finishing, yeah. is yeah. basically a sort of homage to The Hobbit in a way. Yes, yes. Um, across you know, lately. Yeah. yeah, you're traveling across a cross country to mm-hmm. get a dragon. Yeah. Um, and that one, obviously you mentioned, has a true name of yes. the dragon, which gives you power over it. Mm. I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I won't say on the podcast just in case someone playing it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like- yeah. I don't what, think what actually does. listen to this podcast, but what if they did, Russ? <laughs> yeah. What if they did? What if they awkward. did? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm quite looking forward to running this dragon probably next week or the week after, depending when they actually confront it. Yeah. Make it teleport. That's what I say. <laughs> they won't be expecting that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. or, or have it teleport in time. <laughs> that would be unfair. I mean... Yes, yes, dragons, famously known for their sporting natures. <laughs> dragons might not be known for their sporting nature, but I, no, the GM, no. am. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, interesting. Dragons and wizards, I feel, benefit more from being played as though they were intelligent, uh, malevolent creatures in their own right. That's two different approaches. Though. Yes, the hyper-intelligent ones, but also yeah. sometimes dragons are portrayed basically as, you know, animals. Animal-level yeah. intelligent, aren't they? So it's not yeah. they can't always talk, and they're not always really clever. Yeah, I think in D&D, like, the, the white dragon very much gets the short end of the stick. But even that's yeah. not that dumb. It's kind of... Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, pretty smart. But it's basically, it's like a, a flying, scaly murder dog. Mm. Uh, it's going to, like, brief mice over you and might run away if it's rude. Just or a thing just that luck. a lot of D&D does is that you take a biome, like mm. the Arctic, for example, yes. everything mm. there is resistant to cold <laughs> and also does cold damage, so nothing can hurt each other. It's like, surely they would, like, evolve heat damage then to overcome the their enemies in the region which are resistant to cold, but everything's, yeah. You'll find no argument for me, and this also <laughs> explains why the Remo has, or have you say it? Is that how you say it? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I say Remo has, but yeah. Remo has. Yeah, yeah, That's sure. Uh, it is why it's the Apex Predator. Because it's hot inside. Yeah, it does. It does your heat damage if you hit yeah. it? Yeah. You know? So really, a well, red dragon should live in the cold climbs, and well, then that, everything there that was resistant to cold damage would be super easy for it. Yeah, Russ, that is literally what I said. I mean, like you know, a red dragon with access to copious white paint, and when the adventurers come to slay it, they're like, "Ha ha, we have fire weapons! Ha ha, I'm a red dragon!" Yeah. Oh, we red have dragons. Vulnerable to cold? They're not, are they? Not in 5e, not in 5e. A lot of re- a lot of vulnerabilities mm. were taken out, mm. um, and a lot of I think immunities as well, which yeah. is probably that would be best. a reason for them not to live there if they were vulnerable to gold because everything up there does gold damage. So yeah, but I mean, going back to true names, I mean, Sirov's got a true name, and that's mm-hmm. how to hurt power. What if other like dreadfully large creatures had true names? Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love that concept of magic. Yeah. I always have done. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of Black Company, actually. That, a large part of that plot revolves around, I think, in, like, the third book, the true mm. names and hiding them from other people. Like, because you've got all these wizards. And I sort of feel that, isn't that weird, actually? Wizards and dragons, for me, I don't know about anyone else, they occupy mm. sort of almost the same intellectual space. Um, no, not for, maybe. Um. Well, they're immensely powerful. They mm. famously are not particularly fussed about the niceties for other people. Um, they are obsessed with increasing uh, not their all power. Hashtag and not all wizards, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All, 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 all the decent size ones, all the, all the antagonistic ones, maybe. Okay. Yeah. When wizards go bad, but mm. then they can be very much like dragons, mm. like uh, sort of thematically speaking. Right. When they're high enough level, they can polymorph into dragons, I guess. Then. Yeah. Dragon, yeah. A lot of dragons can polymorph into humans. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So sufficiently, I get a sufficiently high level wizard and a sufficiently high level dragon. Bad news. I think one of the best things about dragons. Mm. I mean, even if statistically they're a little dull in D&D, mm. visually, they are still oh, iconic. Yeah. They look oh, amazing. Absolutely. Dragons look amazing. Yeah, There's a reason I mean, I've got a dragon tattooed on my arm. You know, I like dragons. Dragons look amazing. Oh, well, just while you're not into My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, so I guess uh, one of the key challenges in any game is how do you really bring that to the fore, like this uh, terrifying nature of dragons. It is I mean, how, hard. How, how are you going to do it, actually? You, mm-hmm. yeah, you got you got them fighting, dra- you got them fighting some tiny little dragons. Now they're going to be up against the big bad. The big one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've got all the tools they need. Yeah, they've collected yeah. the tools, um, yes. which is going to give them a big advantage. I imagine so. Because it's not a uh, CR, this, this thing is not a CR-appropriate encounter without those tools. Mm-hmm. Without I doing those quests. I mean, it's got, they got like a plus two sword of dragon slaying. Mm. Actually, no, it's plus two sword, which thanks for that. That was great to have in my um, level two party, level three party. <laughs> you wait till you get the quiver of dragon's bane and they start just using it everywhere. <laughs> they got the quiver of dragon's bane mm. specifically because, you know, so they could use the thing at all. Oh, they've got that already. It's like one of the starting quests. It's, uh... it's, it's pretty much the start of the game. For us. <laughs> Blackford, Blackford is, uh, Blackford's, that 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 scabbard, which by the way could have definitely done with some calling out. I had to look quite hard the quiver, through the text the quiver, it. for the, the bow, quiver. not not, oh, not the, the bow. Scabbard. Yeah, not the scabbard. Right. The quiver. Yeah, yeah. Quiver. The oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't even looked that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. I think I think there's one of them that uses a ranged weapon. So yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. That might change actually. Yeah, um, that qu- no, the quiver is nasty. Mm. Nice, nice. Mm. So yes, how are you yeah. going to evoke? The terror of a red dragon. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to try and play her as clever as I can. Okay. And I'm going to. I want to. I want to give her quite a lot of sort of like social interaction with them without giving them time to just pepper it. Mm. I'm going to try to work that in because I, I kind of want them to hate her. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I want to do. I want to make her very very clever and very very good at making them feel bad. Mm. Mm. Um, whether I can pull that off or not, I don't know. That's a yeah. different story entirely. But. Um, I, I think the old voice from the shadows and being hard to spot is mm. a strong way to do it. Well, oh, this was quite good because um, she likes to immerse herself in lava and she lives in a volcano and stuff. So it's like the environment is very much suited towards, you know, her oh. advantage. I'm just picturing it a bit like um, a bird having a dust bath. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's the first sign that they get near A very dust bath, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they hear sounds of singing and as they come near, globs of lava fly around. Yeah. It's just basically sort of how you big yeah. old scrub around and burning off the dirt so she can emerge okay. so blazing them. Yeah. I mean, technically, she's she's got fairly strong magic, mm. but one of the quests, giving spoilers away, there's an attempt still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, she's weakened in various ways. Mm. Um, so she's not at her peak when they fight her because they've done those quests beforehand. Um, and they've got the four or five items they need. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's going to be really good fun, I think. I'm looking forward to it. It's either going to be a TPK or... <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Ha- we shall ha- see. And you've got like four players. Mm. 
Yeah. I've dropped six, so mm. I suspect I'm going to up the number of legendary actions and resistances. So I, uh, the level range that I'm playing at is different to the one in the book. Mm. Um, so um, they're a bit lower. They're, they're, higher, they're higher level than they would be if you played really? the book. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's supposed oh, to be yeah, three to thirteen. I accelerated the whole thing quite a bit. Mm. Okay. Um, no, not yeah. towards the end. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean. If you accelerate, you accelerate. Well, 313 is the whole campaign, not the Slayer Dragon part. Yeah, yeah. Because that's three adventures. There's to Smite the Fiend and... Um, oh. So... I think they go quite decent. But yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I accelerated the uh, leveling up a little bit because I wanted to yeah. play with some of the higher level stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So everything, everything's boosted anyway, so I'm not using the stats mm. straight out of the book. I've had to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tweak her a bit anyway. Otherwise, otherwise they'd just beat her without the stuff. <laughs> It'd be, be a bit of a gopher stomp, really. They'd be like, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. What dragon's hordes? Dragon's hordes. Famous for hordes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, again, we go back to D&D, but honestly, mm. it's like, uh, like, yeah, it was Smaug, our friend. Smaug. Was supposed to have in that dragon's horde more gold than existed, that exists on Earth. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. As like, okay. In the movie, that was certainly a lot of gold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that placed him at a pauperous eighth as richest being of yeah. this world. A lot, of these, so yeah. a lot of these things are just made up, though. <laughs> well, um, yes. I mean, uh, dragons are fictional. No, you know as much, people are just going, oh. Because you get these ones where they've got like Bruce Wayne and Scrooge McDuck and all this sort of stuff. But they're all just like making numbers up and saying that's how much they've got. So, well, they're, ta- they're taking guesstimates based on mm. things you see. Like, you know, we're we're pretty sure Scrooge is about the height of I don't know five foot. So from that, you could work out how big his um, swimming treasure board is. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes to go swimming in, uh, and you can make some you know that's about guesses. Say, yeah, um, but the, the treasure hoard definitely in the Hobbit movies is mm. basically the size of a hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's massive. Ridiculous. Hmm. Here's something. Like, I mean, people talk about, well, dragons like to have hordes because they don't set them on fire when they sleep. Mm. Fair. And gold is a, quote, soft metal, quote, fair. How do dragons get the coins into their... They have minions. Yeah. Smaug didn't have that much in the way of minions, as I recall. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I suppose, I suppose if you're kobold, like, yeah, just... Yep, I've wrecked the place. Kobolds, go forth with your looting sacks. And if you steal even one gold coin off the dragon, it knows. Yeah. I mean, why not? I'm sure there was a rule in at least a edition of D&D where dragons knew exactly what was in their horde. And literally, if you steal one gold coin, they know. I, I, could, I could well believe it. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were big fans of Rain Man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just uh, look around. Count them all. Okay. Yeah. There's 7,997 gold coins. There should be 7,998. Yeah. So, do dragon horse like present a game problem though? Well, they present massive. They present a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, so you got two, you got two choices. You can make it an actual level appropriate treasure hoard, but then visually that is never going to look like what you think a dragon's treasure hoard is supposed to look like. <laughs> it looks it like really, <laughs> it looks like what's fallen down the back of the dragon's sofa. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or you go yeah. schmaug on it, in which case your PC suddenly have enough money to buy the entire planet four times over. Yeah, and basically. wreck the entire economy of the world. Oh, you know. Such as it was. Yeah, I mean, that's why stuff like the silver standard is very attractive. I mean, that helps, yeah. yeah. I mean, hot, because then, then like, a, a chest of gold coins goes from being, oh, yeah, cool, to, 
Oh, oh, gold coins. Oh, oh, I'd just like excited about it. But yeah. Yeah. One yeah. approach to it is, so this treasure, so mm. you say there's a lot of treasure. Say, say there's 30 million gold worth of treasure there. Yeah. I guess, whatever. All yeah. right. If it's right at the end of the campaign, give it to your PCs and they're the richest people in the world forever and the, and the economy's ruined. It doesn't matter because you're not playing anymore. But yeah. <laughs> they go full if, Mansa Musa on his yeah. pilgrimage to Mecca. But, but and you, it's just like, yeah, gold is now worthless. Good job. If you, Good yeah, job. If you <laughs> want the campaign to continue, yeah. one way you could do it is say, is mm. not give it to them, mm. assuming they're good. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, well, it's not your gold and it's not the dragon's gold. It's the people's you know, gold. This now has to be dispersed. <laughs> Um, and basically, you increase you increase the wealth of everyone. You know, it makes a whole um, like upgrade in 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 the, in the wealth of the country or the uh, or the planet. But basically, like the PCs will get some of it as a reward, but it's not their gold, so right, they don't right. get to keep it. Yeah, unless yeah. they're evil. In which case, I suppose they would. But you know, I mean, for thirty million gold, you might turn evil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like even for lesser hordes, there's the how would you like to carry these out? Well, yeah. Yeah, but you don't. You move into the lair and say, "I live here now." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, generally you could, but often dragon lairs are well suited to dragons who enjoy wide open spaces, plenty of ring room, and a lack of inquisitive neighbours. But if you're a human who needs, I don't know, food, not so good. You've got a lot of money. You can pay people yeah. to do anything you want. <laughs> I mean, but you have to be able to get the money to the people. They go. They'll come to you for it. Well, <laughs> if you have that much money. Yeah, yeah, you I, just sit, sit in your mountain and you just tell all the workers across the land to come and refurbish your mountain to suit you. And then you tell all the um, uh, farmers across the land to send you. You just turn into a dragon, basically, mm. essentially. And Occupying people have to bring you the, offerings. Yeah. Occupying the same intellectual space yeah. as wizards. Yeah. Well, the same moral space, at least. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you were saying about breaking the economy. Mm. Uh, there's a series of books called Orconomics. Mm. By Jack Paul, Jay, Zach- actually, yeah. Jay Zachary Pike. Oh, absolutely fantastic set of books. Mm. Like, quite a biting satire on modern times, whilst also being really fun adventures. Mm. Like, really, really good, really meaningful, fun adventures, and a really good satire. Like, mm. you got orcs who uh, travel the path of the aggressive salesperson. Yeah. I'm like, yes, nice. Um, it's just, just very clever, very modern, well written stuff. Uh, yeah. Shadowrun dragons. Oh, they run the big corporations. Sha- oh, Shadowrun Dragons. I mean, that's just like really on the nose. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing. Um, uh, yeah, like, uh, it, there's a whole, there's, I don't know if it's well, I don't know if it's as well as I should, but like, I, I, I do think that you should, uh, what's it? Do not meddle in the affairs of dragons for your crunchy and taste good with ketchup. Mm. Yes. Which is interesting because somebody else clearly said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards because they are subtle and quick to anger. Yes. What came first? Oh, uh, wizards. Hmm. Uh, the, yeah. that, that's um, Tolkien, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah. um, there's the shower and stuff. Is like, yeah. Well, this mm. these are similarities that we see. Yeah, yeah. It's just yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the big corporations, and again, it's like this concept. Yeah, the concept of like an immensely powerful creature that hoards stuff mm. uh, definitely gets a lot of use. For instance, um, maybe you've seen the memes about book dragons. Book. Book. Yes. They hoard books. I have not. I mean, like, that's quite a nice hoard you have there. I'm one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> glancing behind me at my floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, yes, yes, that's mm. a, that is a thing, yeah, yeah. Do you like a book? Yeah, and in many ways, I mean, one could argue that wizards mm. are book dragons. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, don't, don't like answering questions. Mm. 
Uh, keep that knowledge to themselves. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I guess that's uh, very much reinforced me, this conversation. Hmm. How much wizards and dragons are alike. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Just trying to think of more um, um, iconic dragons. Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Lived by the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tolkien's has got um, Ancalagon the Black. Oh, I'm not familiar. Could you tell me a bit more? It's the biggest ever dragon. It's like the the dragon, like long before Schmaug. Um, right, right. um Yeah, I don't know that much about it. It's just yeah. a really, 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 really big dragon. He was a huge dragon. What did he do? Just was a dragon. I don't know. Just, <laughs> did some dragon just, stuff. Hashtag just dragon things. And there was, and um, elves. It was part of like um, one of the sort of created by um, whoever. Who was the um, evil god above Sauron? Uh, I want to say Morgoth. Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah Morgoth. Or yeah. Melkor. What's Melkor? Or Morgoth? What are those two things? Yeah, different that. things. All the same things. I don't know. Oh. Tolkien, Tolkien people are going to shout at me now. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 in my defence, I've never read the Cimmerillion. No, I tried. It's um, impossible. <laughs> I, I, many, many people have a, have succeeded in it, and I, mm. I admire their intellectual fortitude in that manner. Mm. Good job. Good job. I, thank you for reading it so I didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um... Other iconic dragons. Um, you mentioned Draco, Sean Connery. Mm, yes. Schmaug, we've said. Yeah. Um, what other ones are there? Um, I, I, I will probably, as soon as we finish, I will doubtless remember like a whole pile of them. Yeah, most probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, what's the Beowulf dragon? There's a dragon. You... One that he punches to death. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're dragons. I think they're like generic monsters. But you remind me of, if you're thinking that way, then you might be thinking of the one from the ring cycle. Fafnir. Uh, Fafnir, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, was that the one you were thinking of? Or were you thinking of, like, because um, Grendel and Grendel's mum, they have arms and climb down things. Yeah, no, um, I'm fairly sure Beowulf fights a dragon at one point. Okay. And, pun- and punches it to death or something like that. I mean, that's like peak Robert, Robert E. Howard. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm for it. It's a dragon. Okay. Let's get punching. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I don't want to know. I need to know its name now. I need to know its name. Beowulf's okay. dragon. Yeah, it might just be a dragon because it's like a big scary monster. No, when I say the name, I'm looking it up now. When I say the name, I bet you we I'll both go. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah, it could be. Uh, I, I mean, I suppose like famous wingless uh, dragons going back to the oh, no. Beowulf dragons. An unnamed dragon who battles with an name by Beowulf. Oh, you got a name? Oh, oh, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, well, dragon, uh, no name. Yeah, I mean, like a little factoid that I've heard, can't really verify it right now, is uh, the name Bear is just like um, not the actual true name of the creature that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. They're just talking about, you know, because they don't want to attract its attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, you know, Bear is a stand-in name, almost. I think, is that a shibboleth? So it's basically like, you know, like basically when people say, you know who. mm uh, when they're talking about Sauron and whatnot, uh, or the Dark Lord would be mm. better. They're talking about dark, the Dark Lord, they mean Sauron. Yeah. We don't say Sauron, because then he's like, hmm, what? Or the, or, or the Harry Potter guy, um, Voldemort. Yeah. Or oh, I said his name. Oh, no. Not Moldyvort. Uh, oh, well, that's Moldy Vort, yeah. yeah. Moldyvort, yeah. Moldyvort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Bear was supposed to be a similar sort of concept. Don't mention its name. Don't t- don't mention its name, Pike. Just come back to Dad's army. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell them your name, Pike. <laughs> don't tell them your name, Pike. 
Yeah. He died, didn't he? Recently? This week? Last week? Oh, oh Pike. Yeah. Oh, right, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, was it Ian DeFrenais? Something like that? I can't remember. Can't remember. Can't remember the it, it's, been a, it's been a while. That series was very old mm. when I saw it. It was a cart child. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Iconic Dragons, of course. Tiamat. How could we forget? I mean, Iconic. she's really more of a goddess, but yeah. Oh, she's a dragon. Uh, that, that reminds me, actually. You're like, going to you tell, tell Tiamat she's not a dragon. Well, she's the queen of dragons, but um, I, 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 I mean, if Tiamat wants to be a dragon, <laughs> I'm not going to tell her no. I wouldn't recommend wise. it. Yeah. Isn't she like a and demon? And quite frankly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like hers. It, it, it's up to her. Like, my, my interest, I guess, would be, um, would my arrows of dragon slaying work on her, or should I get out my arrows of demon slaying? Well, that depends on what creature type she is. Precisely. I'm going to find out now. I'm going to solve this permanently. Once and for all. Tiamat. Assuming they're available online. There needs never... There needs never be discussion of what creature type Tiamat is ever again. Fiend. Fiend. What's that then? Is that a demon? Or is that just general argorable? That's devils and demons. I think that's both, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Although I don't know if that was an official stat book, actually. No, hang on a sec. Um, I don't know where... I think probably the official stat book's buried in a book. Yeah, that would be... Actually, it's going to be in Tyranny of Dragons, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be in there. I've got that right over here. Yeah. I'm going to find out for sure. Solve this problem. Um, um, Out the way, dogs. Uh, Do I want Rise of Tiamat or Tyranny of Dragons? Uh, Tyranny of... Tyranny... You've got the Horde of the Dragon Queen... Uh, oh, that's not what I mean. Um, come on, stop it, stop it. Yeah, stop it. Uh, I mean, of Dragons, isn't that both of them together? Horde of the Dragon, yeah, maybe. Horde of the Dragon Queen, here we go. Yeah. You know, no, Marvin, no. Do not eat my D&D books. Is it? It's in Appendix D. Alright, so let's have a look. Appendix D. Yeah. But it's only got up to Appendix C, so it's right. not in Appendix D. Oh, um, I've got Appendix D with monsters here. Uh, that's Appendix B. Oh, okay. Try looking at the T for Tiamat. Um, not there. Um, huh. Appendix B, monsters, no Tiamat. Oh, well, huh. si- since I since I still have an account with D&D Beyond, because I can't yeah, my I'm subscription. I'm looking in the book here, I think. Oh, annoying. Uh, apparently Tiamat is a chaotic evil gargantuan fiend. Fiend? There we go. So, yeah. so your arrows of dragon saying will not work. That's fortunate. Because she's not a dragon. Is Challenger 1830? That's quite high. That is quite high. That's higher than your average Challenger rating. I think probably level 4 party would have trouble with that. Although she's got a mere 615 hit points, so I'm not that concerned. Yeah, I bet she's got lots of ways to recover those hit points. Well, regeneration, regain 30 hit points at the start of her turn. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously got five different heads. One of the problems with dragons in D&D is... Yeah. Like, D&D has always had trouble with solo monsters. Oh, the actual economy, yeah. with, like, five or six players pounding on them. Yeah. Um, and them just getting, like, a few things. And they've tried to fix that, and they've added in legendary actions mm-hmm. and bonus actions and reactions and all this sort of and, stuff. That helps. Uh, what's it? Mystic Odysseys of Theros had, like, uh, two-stage monsters as well. Well, yeah, there's that. So, I mean, I can't remember who came up with this idea, but it's been around for a while. It definitely wasn't me. Um, was um, you basically treat um, really large creatures as more than one creature mm-hmm. but not like two stage at the same time so mm-hmm. basically 
um, your dragon is three different creatures, really, like mechanically. Um, okay. Like not visually, but mechanically. It's yeah, three yeah. different creatures, um, each of it with its own set of actions and different things it can do. Okay. Does it get free initiative? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. that would make sense. I mean, I think that's sort of what the legendary action... It's kind of supposed to sort of simulate a bit, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the other thing is, with, I think with those sort of things, they need more actions to be able to do in a turn, to be mm. able to keep up with a party. Otherwise, they just get stomped. Oh. Well, well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, with my party of six, mm. um, I, like, have legendary resistances, um, party-level... Par- number of people in the party, minus one. Mm. Uh, I mean, Tiamat's got five a day, which is pretty mm. chunky still. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, just like the you know, legendary actions. I, I, oh, I used an elite the other day, actually. Mm. That's quite good. Uh, like that. An elite, if you're not familiar for listeners, is like uh, where you have a CR low enough to be appropriate for the party, but it counts as two because it's been beefed up a little bit. Mm. So it won't one shot them. Yeah, it's it a template. Will- yeah. It will be a handful. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it was um, an upgraded, an elite veteran. Mm. So plenty of hit points. Yeah. Uh, gave them some legendary actions. Like nothing, nothing spectacular. Just yeah, like, they're not massive. Know. They get they get double hit points. They get um, a legendary recovery action of some kind and maybe an extra attack, maybe when bloodied or something like that. Not, you know, it's not a massive yeah, upgrade, yeah. but it's quite an upgrade. I, I had things like if someone attacked... She could parry as much as she liked because that was mm. funny, and uh, occasionally just like if someone was in reach, uh, punch them, make them rattled, or uh, throw them over. Mm. Yeah, all, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was quite fun. Um, so yeah, I imagine hmm. I've got four dragons up there at the top of my my top shelf up there. One of them being that massive, great, big red dragon. Mm, mm, yes, that's You've seen that one. one before? Yeah, yeah. The one that Sharon hates because she says it looks like it's puking <laughs> <laughs> rather than breathing fire. <laughs> oh, dear yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I got a bunch of dragon models I've painted up. Mm. Um, just really need to get them to a table somehow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think I think we've probably talked as much as we're going to talk about dragons. Yes, we've uh, right delved into dragons more than anyone in history has ever delved into dragons, I am sure. Yeah, that Fizban, this is true. Fizban himself would be pleased slash embarrassed slash envious. Yes, absolutely. As you said, that's everything we've got time for. So yeah. um, goodbye from me, Peter. And, uh, and we'll be back next week. And hopefully Jess will be back next week. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye.
Get out of here. Jessica's not here. I'm I assume we've written a sketch for three people. No, we wrote it for two people. Oh, nice. You know I write the sketch. I always write the sketches like at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> you are attributing far too much preparation to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. Mm. 